The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly celebrating their 20th anniversary on NBC. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Gloria McMillan, Dallas McKinnon, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. With all the different kinds of milk to choose from, good cooks keep right on reaching for just one brand, pet evaporated milk. Now, you might ask, what does pet milk have that causes so many people to reach for it? Well, for one thing, every can of pet milk has the seal of acceptance of the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association. Another thing, pet milk is good, sweet country milk from which nothing but water has been taken out. So you know it's honest to goodness whole milk in concentrated form. And because it's concentrated, because it's twice as rich as ordinary bottled milk, you can use it in many more ways, in place of coffee cream, for example. Even in place of whipping cream. And when you want to use it in place of bottled milk, you simply put the water back into pet milk. Half water, half pet milk. And don't forget, pet evaporated milk costs much, much less than cream. Even less generally than bottled milk. So do as so many good cooks do. Reach for pet evaporated milk. a little dramatic scene that might be entitled The Eternal Triangle. The cast is composed of a messenger boy who says... Package for the lady of the house. A wife who says... Oh, thank you. And a husband who says... And another dad ratted package. What are you trying to do? Send me to the poor house? <laughs> yep, it's Fibber McGee and Molly. Gosh, the way a woman spends money on clothes is just plain awful. The minute her husband turns his back, she puts everything on hers. I haven't bought any clothes, McGee. I don't know what this package is. Oh, no. Uh, don't try to fool old dad, kiddo. You thought I wouldn't be home when this was delivered. That's where you thought I wouldn't be. You thought I'd be hard at work somewhere, coughing my lungs out in some smoke-filled pool room. Or breaking my back trying to lift a heavy bowling ball. Come clean, Tootsie, come clean. What is it, a new dress? In a box eight inches long? Well, <laughs> Don't be silly. If you'll just hold your horses till I get it unwrapped, I... Unwrapped? For goodness sakes, it's a two-pound box of candy. Oh, candy, huh? Who's it from? There's a card in the box. Well, read it, read it. What's it say? It says, Sweets to the Sweet. And it's signed, Joe. <laughs> Joe? Who the happy heck is Joe? the slightest idea, bless his heart. Oh, come now. Come on, Tootsie. You don't have to be cagey with me. I'm not, McGee. I just don't know I who... ain't asking who Joe is on account of because I'm jealous. I ain't got a jealous bone in my head. I know that, dearie. No. You didn't even get mad on our honeymoon when I unpacked my picture of Francis X. Bushman. <laughs> and set it up on the dresser. No, I and you and Francis X got along swell. So who's Joe? I don't know. Have some candy. Looks good. No, thanks. I ain't interested. Whole thing is very unimportant to me. I... Well, I care who's chumping up to spend his dough sending you candy. Ha! Who cares? I just as soon hear no more about it. Good. I'll put it completely out of my mind. Good. There's just one minor point I wish you'd clear up 
with me before I forget it. What's that? Who's Joe? I don't know. Well, you don't have to get sore about it. My gosh, when a guy sends candy to a guy's wife, the guy whose wife gets it from the guy's got a right to know who the guy is. Come in. Well, hello there, Mr. Wimple. (coughs) Hello, folks. Hi, Wimp. Pull up a chair. What you got under your arm there, boy? Seed catalog? Oh, no. This is... This is my bird book. Oh, Oh, I see. I've been out to Dugan's Lake bird watching. Oh, but I haven't seen a really odd bird for days, so I thought I'd come see you a minute, Mr. McGee. Well, that's very thoughtful, Mr. Wimple. Yeah, I think. Someone was telling me that they saw a rare North Polish bird near here. But... A North Polish what bird, Mr. Wimple? A bird, Mr. McGee. It's a small, snow-colored bird that lives at the North Pole. Oh? It builds its nest out of ice cubes and old frost warnings. <laughs> And sits there all really long saying, You're really bird happy, aren't you, Ed? You keep any birds around the house, canaries and stuff like that there? Yes. We have a beautiful little bird at the house right now. It's one of those talking herza birds. Herza bird? Don't you mean a talking minor bird? No. Uh... Mine escaped, Mrs. McGee. This one belongs to her. Her? You mean? Yes. Sweetie face, my big old tax exemption. See, how is Mrs. Wimple these days, anyway? Oh, she's fine. We had a little discussion yesterday, though, and... Well, I just lost my temper. She didn't want me to go out, and I said, Sweetie face, I'm going downtown. I said... And I stuck my head in the room and I said, if you don't like it, you can lump it. Wow. What did she do? She lumped it. <laughs> I'd show you a few of the lumps, but I'd never get my head on over them again. <laughs> Goodbye now. So long, Wallace. Billy Mills in the orchestra and Mercedia. <laughs>
admit I'm just as curious as you are, McGee, but I've no idea who could have sent the candy. Well... Stop fretting about no, it. I ain't fretting, kiddo. Don't bother me any more than a BB bothers a buffalo. <laughs> I'm just curious enough, though, to get this old high school annual of ours out of the attic. Oh, our annual, my goodness. Yeah, I got a hunch this guy Joe is somebody we maybe went to school with and forgot about, maybe. Hey, we can find him in here. Well, good. Open it up. Where do we start? Oh, I'll just open it at random. Here we are. Pete Random. <laughs> Remember Pete? Sure. He was the oldest of the three random boys. Yeah, nice kid, too, but his name wasn't Joe, so I'll keep looking. Next is Betty Bye. Well, it's a cinch she ain't Joe. <laughs> Betty Bye, I don't seem to remember her. Oh, sure you do. Her old man was George Bye, the fellow that owned Bye's restaurant on Adams Street. Oh, sure. Sure. Sure, I remember. Mr. Bye made his own potato chips yeah. and was very proud of them. That's right, they were good. When people left the restaurant, they always said, Good chips, Mr. Bye. <laughs> well, this is all very interesting. Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Top of the morning to you, my dear. And a small slice off the bottom to you, Buckethead. Hi, Fatso. For once, I'm glad to see you. I and Molly are trying to remember something, and a guy with a memory like yours might help us. Well, that's very flattering, but yeah. what makes you think I have a good memory? Well, they say an elephant never forgets. <laughs> I wonder why I come here. It must be the same thing that leads an Indian mystic to drive an extra handful of spikes into his bed. <laughs> Sit down, doctor. You look tired. Well, I am tired, my dear. I employed a new nurse this week, Miss Bullwinkle. And she's worn me out completely. Oh, what'd she do, doctor? Well, she wasn't satisfied with the appearance of my office. Thought it needed a woman's touch. Oh? This morning I came in and the woman had touched it. But good. Mm. <laughs> Bullwinkle redecorated, did she? Well, you might call it that, speaking loosely. Yeah. The whole motif was early American. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, organdy curtains at the windows, cretonne slip covers on the chairs, and a pleated ruffle around the operating table. Oh. <laughs> uh, I suppose she framed a few X-ray photos for the walls. No, no, she didn't. But she did plant ivy in my instrument sterilizer. <laughs> And she filled my jar of formaldehyde with daffodils. <laughs> my surgical bandages had been carefully separated into two piles and marked his and hers. My goodness, your office must look more like the Waldorf Astoria. Indeed it does, my dear. In the future, I may refer to it as the Plasma Hotel. Come <laughs> on, Let's see. Let's get back to the high school annual and find Joe. Let's give it up instead, dearie. This is getting us nowhere. Well, it might, kiddo. Just have patience. Clyde Wellman, Jay Tomlinson, Grover Cleveland Diffendorfer. <laughs> Joe. Hey, I found him. Here he is. Who? Joe Bats. I'll bet he's the secret admirer that sent you that candy, the dirty rap. Oh, no, McGee. Aha, uh -huh. look at this. There's a letter stuck in this book. It's addressed to Dear Bunnikins, and it's signed Joe. Dear Bunnikins? Yeah, it's something about having a date together. So... Joe Bats, huh? McGee, I give you my word, but I... see, I'm shocked. We were sweethearts in high school, supposed to be real true blue to each other. I never so much as looked at another girl, and you was running around with Joe Bats and letting him call you Bunnikins. Let me see that letter. Okay, read it. Dear Bunnikins. Yeah. Our date last night was lots of fun. <laughs> you look so nice in your new long pants. What? <laughs> New long 
Thanks. This is not my letter. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Joe was Josephine Durkin. <laughs> she wrote that to me. <laughs> oh, we had a couple of dates, but it was just a passing fancy. You understand, kiddo. I understand, Bunnykins. <laughs> Good. I wouldn't want you to think for a minute that Hello, I was... Wally. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Say, maybe you can help us. We're trying to figure out who sent Molly a two-pound box of candy. No, don't look at me, pal. I wouldn't dream of sending a girl a two-pound box of candy. I suppose you send them a five-pound box? No, I send them a 50-pound case of pet milk. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a lovely thought, Mr. Wilcox, but girls like candy, too, you know. Oh, well, I'm sure they'd prefer my gift, Molly. After all, what's in a box of candy? Well, in this box, there's a layer of creams. Ah, Nothing compared to the creams you can make with pet. Delicious cream sauces. Delightful cream gravies. Mouth-watering cream pies and custards. Every good cook knows the wonderful creaminess that pet milk brings to her family's favorite foods. All right, you win that one, Mr. Wilcox. But this particular box of candy has some nut clusters in it, too. I'm glad you mentioned that, Molly. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because uh, when the meals are prepared with plenty of good, rich pet milk... You just show me the family that will nut cluster around the table. Oh, dear. <laughs> Look, Junior, said Little Fibber, the red-blooded American boy who don't know the meaning of fear. <laughs> what about cherry cordials? There's some cherry cordials. Well, all right. Now, pal, consider the case of the French housewife. She turns to her husband and says, Oh, my man, I love you so. You'll never know. But when we marry... You treat me very horrible. Name of a little pig, how you beat me. Je suis fatigué. Je suis désolé. Je suis black and blue. (laughs) (laughs) That's very dramatic, Junior, but what's it got to do with cherry cordials? Ah, then she says, but that is all change since I begin to cook with the delicious double-rich pet milk. No longer do you treat me horrible. Now, Sherry, you are so cordial. Oh, that doesn't. Take your fractured French and scramez-vous, Pierre. Au revoir, Fibert. Well, I guess I'm just wasting my time with this annual, Molly. What do I care who Joe is anyhow? I know I'm the guy for you. Of course you are. Even if I do scatter ashes on your rugs. That's right, dear. Even if I do go bowling when you want to see a movie. Right again. Even if I do use your best linen napkins to clean my shotgun. When did you do that? <laughs> well, I haven't done it yet, but I thought I'd run it in while you were in a soft mood. <laughs> Just testing. Well, McGee, it's as simple as this. Yeah? When we married, I promised to love, honor, and obey you. Betcha. So all I got to do is ask you three questions. You still love me? You know I do. Second question. You still honor me? Of course. Third question. Who's Joe? I don't know. You don't have to tell the neighbors about it. Just burns me up that some guy's got the crust to send candy to the... The Kingsman and Retreat. I once heard that in the city Gals are sweet and awful pretty So I've opened the top Loaded 
was a piece of candy All your sugar would be dandy To melt my heart away Loved your hugs and I loved your kisses Even thought I'd make you misses But my heart seemed to say Retreat, 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 says my heart Retreat, 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 says my heart I saw you a-dancing with a stranger My heart hollered, look out, danger Go away and let me be Twenty years I saved my money Now it's spent and gone, my honey It's gone and so is me Retreat, 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 says my heart. Retreat, 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 says my heart. Let's see. What can I think now? There's Joe Ferguson. No, he couldn't have sent the candy. He's a politician, and they only send mink coats. <laughs> Joe Mitchell. No, it couldn't be him either. I was one of his pallbearers. <laughs> Joe Blow. Gee, are you still racking your brain about that candy? Candy? What candy, my dear? Oh, you're referring to the candy that this unknown uh, Joe person sent you? Uh, hadn't given it a thought, my dear. Well, good. For a while, I was afraid you were... Uh, just a moment to Joe, uh, my dear. <laughs> Come in. Mayor Latrivia. Come in, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Molly. Hello, McGee. Well, if it ain't the people's choice himself. We haven't seen you for a while, Latriv. You've been busy. <laughs> no, no, not especially. Oh? Actually, all I've done today is look up some confidential records for Judge Winecoop. Oh, oh no, is judge. that part of your regular work, Mr. Mayor? No, no, but the judge and I call on each other for favors whenever we need them. Oh. You know how it is in politics, Molly. I scratch his back and he scratches mine. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a pretty silly way for a judge and a mayor to spend their day, Latrivia. I, I beg your pardon? And scratching each other's backs when you should be working. Isn't that a little childish, Mr. Mayor? Oh, well, I'm afraid you misunderstood me, Molly. I simply... How do you guys to... keep it fair and even, Latriv? You keep, a, keep score on a sort of a scratch sheet? <laughs> or you just go at it scratch as scratch can? No, 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 no. Just a minute, please. I merely used an old political expression here, mm -hmm. McGee. I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. Uh, no, thanks, Homer. I don't itch right now. Some other time. <laughs> well, you're awful sweet to offer it, though, Mr. Yes, Mayor. I and think. a man with your experience who spends all day scratching judges ought to do a fine job. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't spend all day scratching anybody. Probably Look, just spends I... half a day scratching Molly and the other half being scratched. <laughs> Right, Latrim? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Look, I merely went down and gave Judge Winecoop a hand today. I didn't. Oh, one any... hand! My gosh, you couldn't do much of a scratch job with just one hand, Latrim. I should say, not with a no. man as white as the judge, you'd need about six hands to do it right. <laughs> It'd take three of them just to hold up that long black robe. I, I didn't scratch him with my hands. I never laid a hand on oh, the man. Oh, you used you used a ruler, huh? <laughs> Oh, boy, you can really do it with a long ruler. That's the greatest feeling in the I world. I didn't ruse a long ruler. Huh? Use a long ruler. Huh? Listen to me, please. Yes. please. The judge asked me to help him. Mm -hmm. He had a case that was giving him trouble. Oh, a case of oh. hives or a case of poison ivy? Hives? Uh, no, no, no. Neither one. It was the case of habeas corpus. Oh, no, I went down. that poor I... man. Those foreign skin diseases can be mighty... <laughs> 
<laughs> you must have wore out your knuckles, too, on that rough robe of his on account of his... I never score out my nickels on Judge Kangfu. Give <laughs> my pickles on Fudge Line Lou. You said... Kangfu, through, woo, look, look. When I said we snatched each other's jacks, you said you... then that's my brother's life. <laughs> I wouldn't touch the punch with a ten-foot you. Not the touch with a French fish pole. I didn't say anything about it. Was... If we were the ones... I was just... Scratch his back. I was... I was just... <laughs> <laughs> McGee? <laughs> yes, boy? Would you care to join a group of friends at my home this evening? I plan to throw a small party outdoors. Oh, in your patio, eh? No, no, in the house. You're the small party I plan to throw outdoors. Good day. <laughs> you don't get excited like that, McGee. Yeah, just nerves, I guess. Hey, I got an idea, kiddo. You go put your face on and we'll go downtown to dinner. What, what? do you say? To dinner. Oh, yeah. wonderful. You're awful sweet to take me out, dearie. You know, it was nice to get this box of candy, but I wouldn't trade you for six of these Joes, whoever Joe is. Because... Dad, rather, why do we have to keep talking about Joe? That's all I hear around this joint is candy, 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 Joe, Joe, Joe. I hope he breaks his big fat neck. Well, bless his little noisy heart. I do believe Mommy's boy is jealous. I am not either jealous, too. He can take a run and jump in the... Oh, wait a minute, dearie. Who's this? Come in. Well, Debbie Lynn. Hello, Debbie. Oh, hello, Mrs. McGee. Hi, Mr. McGee. Ed told me to be sure and say hello for him. Well, Mr. McGee's pouting, dear. How is Ed? Your romance still zooming, is it? Oh, yes, Mrs. McGee. Ed's so wonderful. The silliest darn thing happened to me yesterday, though. I almost lost Ed on account of it. Oh, some girl after him? Oh, no, it was just so silly. <laughs> I got this box of candy yesterday, you see, with a little card in it that said, Sweets to the Sweet from Joe. Well, you know. And Ed got simply furious. He thought Joe was some boy who was trying to date me. Isn't that silly? It <laughs> certainly is. Who's Joe? <laughs> Why, don't you know about... Oh, wait a minute. What time is it? It's almost half past. Well, let me turn on your radio. There. Wait a minute. And today's lucky recipient of a box of these wonderful chocolates was Mrs. Molly McGee of 79 Wistful Vista. As you know, every day some lucky lady receives a handsome box of our deluxe candy absolutely free. Remember our slogan, Sweets to the Sweet, from Joe the Bonbon King. <laughs> Imagine Ed getting jealous over that, Molly. <laughs> it just goes to show what the adolescent mind will do, don't it? Hand <laughs> me another piece of candy, kiddo. <laughs> Help yourself, bunnykins. <laughs> Flipper and Molly return in a moment. Each month, there's a sort of popularity contest in the famous pet milk kitchens to select the special recipe of the month. Well, the winner of this month's popularity contest is tuna macaroni slices, a pet milk recipe now being featured in grocery stores from coast to coast. And what a dish it is. A delicious combination of tuna, macaroni, and cheese sauce baked into a golden yellow loaf that's easy to cut into nice, smooth slices. And listen, one reason this meatless dish is so satisfying, so nourishing, is the pet milk that goes into it. Not just ordinary milk, mind you, but pet evaporated milk. 
Good sweet country milk concentrated to double richness. Twice as rich in protein as ordinary bottled milk. Twice as rich, too, in the minerals, vitamins, and other protective substances of good whole milk. So get pet milk at your grocer's tomorrow and take along the pet milk recipe of the month for tuna macaroni slices. It's a meatless main dish I know your family will like. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Fibber and Molly are celebrating their 20th anniversary on NBC. With us is the president of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and honorary mayor, Mr. John B. Kingsley, with a message for them. Mr. Kingsley. Thank you, Harlow. Jim and Marion, the people of Hollywood have had this parchment scroll drawn up as an expression of their deep appreciation to you both. It says, in grateful appreciation to Jim and Marion Jordan whom the world knows and loves as Fibber McGee and Molly, who by their many years of clean, wholesome comedy and by their exemplary personal life have brought great credit to our great community of Hollywood, which in their honor has christened itself Wistful Vista for a Day. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Kingsley. Yeah, we're very flattered and thankful, John. We're thankful to you, to the people of Hollywood, the businessmen, the Hollywood Citizen News, and everybody who helped make this a day we will always remember. Molly and I hope... Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What do you mean? What do you mean I can't go out there? I got a message for him. Where are they? McGee, it's Jimmy Durant. My <laughs> right, Lord, everybody, everybody wants to get in the act. <laughs> They're stealing my dialogue. It's embattlement. That's what it is. I ought to break up the joint. But you know something, kids? I'm going to tend the mood tonight. <laughs> Jimmy. I brought you a little token of our depreciation for the way you've been dishing it out over the killer circles. <laughs> kind of a glorified fan letter. Let me read it to you. Come on, Jimmy, let's hear it. It says, and I quote, in tribute to two wonderful people for the 20 years of good entertainment, clean humor and wholesome American fun for which have endeared them and the Fever McGee and Molly program to radio listeners of the United States, including all of us whose names are here inscribed. And it's signed, Bud Out. Milton Boyle, Eddie Canner, Jack Carson, Lou Costello, Dennis Day, Ralph Edwards, Phil Harris, Bob Hope, Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Groucho Marx, Donald O'Connor, Walter O'Keefe, Jack Parr, Red Skelton, Danny Thomas, Willard Gildersleeve Waterman, Ed Wynn, and yours truly, James Durante. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks. That's just great. It makes us very happy. Ah, uh, you deserve it, both of you. You've been a couple of good Joes. Who's Joe? <laughs> oh, we done that, didn't we? Good night. Good night, all. Sometimes parents forget what they were like when they were young and just married. That's the way it is with Sally Carter's parents until she finds an amusing way of reminding them. 
You'll hear it all in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee, Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Immediately following this heartwarming story, Mary Lee Taylor will bring you the Pet Milk recipe of the week for a tasty new dessert that calls for the everyday ingredients you usually keep on hand. It's baked lemon pudding. And you'll hear how to make it when you tune to Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning over NBC. Now, Eddie Cantor brings you more great entertainment on NBC. Hindi सिनेमाउंट 